listening to the Living Room North Living Room North podcast. Tilo, how y'all feel? Y'all feel good? Yeah, yeah, great to see you here tonight, whether it's your first time, first time in a long time, or you come all the time, like every Wednesday, uh, it is great to see you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I haven't been here in a few months. Uh, if we've never met before, my name is Matt, and uh, I haven't been here at this location, TLR Brownsbridge, in a few months, but uh, I'm at TLR a lot. Uh, I get to lead TLR down at Buckhead Church, um, and uh, we meet on Monday nights, and so I get to hear about what God's doing in this community and in this uh, ministry a lot, and um, we're synced up with y'all. So it's really cool to get to come hang with you and pop in on a Wednesday night. I'm excited. Uh, a couple things about myself, help you get to know me a little bit better. Um, I've been in Atlanta for about seven and a half years. Uh, was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, end of 2016, moved. Shout out to, to the Lou. I don't know who gave the woo, but that's cool. Um, moved about seven and a half years ago, though, to Atlanta with my wife. Ann and I have been married for a little over 10 years now. We've got two little girls. Uh, their names are Willow and Nomi, uh, five and two. And so that's a little bit about me. Um, girl, dad, love it. Love sports. Uh, shout out to sports. Uh, but hey, um, tonight we are continuing a series that we kicked off last week called IDK, Understanding God's Will for Your Life, to which uh, maybe you're in the room and maybe you weren't here last week or you were and you missed it, um, but, but you might be thinking like, why is this series called IDK? I don't understand, which obviously stands for, I don't know, you know that, but why are you titling this series IDK about God's will for your life? Well, it's because oftentimes uh, when you and I think about the question, what is God's will for my life? Um, often we say, well, I don't really know. Or it's like, um, what's God's will for me in my dating life? I, I don't know. Uh, what, what should my major be? Like, what's his will? I, I don't know. Does God actually have a plan and a will for my life? I think so, but I don't really know. So we just thought IDK felt like a pretty appropriate title for a series about discovering and kind of understanding God's will for your life. But we really do hope that this series is helpful and that the series kind of uh, brings some clarity to this conversation and helps you better understand God's will for your life. So last week in part one, uh, we started uh, with this whole idea that our goal really should be to live out God's revealed will rather than figure out his concealed will. Because isn't it so true that we often like to, to worry and obsess almost over our future and, and trying to figure out, like get in the mind of God and figure out what God knows. Like we're like, man, if God knows all that I think he knows, like he knows what's coming, he knows who I'm gonna marry, he knows what job I'm gonna have, he knows what city I'm gonna live in, like he knows all these things. So like, I just gotta try to figure out what God knows. And we, we worry about that and we obsess over that. And we think if I just pray the right prayers and if I just show up to TLR, like 95% of the time, I'll probably figure out what God's specific will for my life is. The problem is nowhere in scriptures does God give us his specific will for our life? Nowhere does it say if you just pray these prayers, show up this many times, seek God in this type of way with these strategies, you will discover his specific will for every area of your life. Now where we landed last week is he does tell us some things, he reveals some things which are, hey, I want you to seek my kingdom and seek my righteousness. But really what we kind of landed on last week was, man, what if we let go of trying to figure out what God knows? Because he's God, we're not. And we just trust and find comfort in the fact that he knows. There's a difference there. 
Like, what if we let go of trying to figure out what he knows and just trust that he knows? And we talked about how that, that truth really can bring so much freedom to your life. But even so, our, our lives are filled with decisions that we have to make. Like, I hope this transforms you, and I hope this challenges you, and I hope you're like, man, that brings a lot of freedom. Like, I don't have to figure everything out. But even so, um, maybe last week you were here, and then you woke up on Thursday morning, and you're like, okay, I'm going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, but I still have decisions I need to make. So what about those, God? Like, I'm trying to seek your kingdom and righteousness, but what is my major going to be? Because i got to meet with my advisor on Friday, and so I need to know, like, right now. And I'm just curious, anyone in the room like me, and from time to time, you get decision fatigue? Anybody? Just me? Okay, I'm like, I'm renovating my house right now. Not me, because I don't know how to like um, fix anything. But we're working with a contractor, and we've been in this process for, for one year. Uh, and I have so much decision fatigue. Literally, contractor called me last week and was like, hey, what do you want your doorknobs to be? And I was like, bro, I could care a less. Just you make the decision. I don't know. I'm done making decisions. You ever been there before in life? Where it's like, I- I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm over making decisions. I'm too tired. I'm too exhausted. It's, it's overwhelming. Even little decisions. Like, this is a common one for me in my household. You know, my wife, and she'll be like, oftentimes she's like, hey, um, I am not going to decide where we're eating dinner tonight. I'm just not. I just can't do it. I've, I'm decisioned out. You just decide. You just get us in the car. Take me to where we're going, and it'll be great. And then I get in the car, and I'm like, we're going to Chipotle. And she's like, anywhere but Chipotle. And I'm like, okay, then you just make the decision. But you've been there. It's like, I, just, I can't even do it, even little decisions. And maybe you've thought to yourself, if, if, if God just gives me the direction, then I won't actually have to make a decision. Like you think to yourself, man, I, I, just, I just want God to give me the direction, even if it's not the specific destination. If he just gives me the direction, then I don't really have to make a decision because it can be hard to make decisions. It can be hard to figure out what, what's best, what, what is right. How, how do I actually navigate difficult decisions in my life, like real decisions about like my future and my career and my relationships and all of those types of things? Well, tonight part two of this conversation, I want to give us three questions that I believe can help you in every area of your life when it comes to making decisions. Now, not all of these questions are going to apply to every decision in your life, but I believe one of the three questions will apply and can be like a filter for for just about every decision you could make in life. I think these questions, these three questions will help you get to the heart of the matter Like what's really going on. I think it'll help you figure out what's best and what's right. I think it'll help you eliminate options that might look right and appear right, but but they're actually not the best. And I believe that these three questions will give you the direction that we desperately seek from God. Because often we ask God for direction in our lives, but God really just wants us to practice discernment. Like we ask God, man, God, like just show me your direction and what you have for me. And I think God is actually like in his word, if you study his word, he'd be like, hey, I I hear you. I just want you to practice discernment in your life. So tonight, I'll just be real with you and up front. Tonight is really about you and I taking some personal responsibility for our lives and our actions and our decisions. Because while God doesn't promise specific direction for every decision, he has given you and I the capacity to to discern what's right and what's best. 
In fact, for those of you in the room who, who claim to follow Jesus, he's actually given you his Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and help you discern and make decisions in your life. To which maybe you're like, what, what exactly do you mean when you talk about discernment, Matt? Like, like break it down for me, you know? I've heard that word before, but like, what are you, how are you defining it? Here's how I would define discernment. Discernment is when you are able to weigh the options, like the pros and cons, and you're able to judge well and make a good decision. That's discernment. And we all know people who are just like, yeah, they've got like very low discernment. And then we know some people who are just like, yeah, they're pretty discerning. Like they make some really good decisions. And here's the thing about discernment is, yeah, some people naturally have a little bit more discernment than others. But, but for, for all of us, it takes practice. Like the more you lean in to the, to the way of discernment and the more you pay attention to that, and the more you strive to try to make good decisions and use exercise discernment, the better you'll get at it. So the first question, the first guiding question that I want to give you tonight, taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not, I'll just give you a spoiler at the end. I'm going to throw all these three questions up again. So if you're not a note taker, you can just wait till the end and then take one picture and you're like, I'm good. I got you covered, bro. Um, not, not to say that guys aren't taking notes, but you know, I see mostly girls, but you're, you're taking notes too. That's awesome. Um, guiding question number one. In light of my past experiences, present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? I remember I first heard this question. Uh, can't remember who the preacher was. It might have been Andy Stanley, honestly. Pretty sure that's where this question came from. But I remember uh, hearing this question when I was like going into high school. I think I was like 15 or 16. And this question has been pivotal for me in my life. I mean that. Like of the three questions we're going through tonight, this is probably the one that I've leaned into the most. Even now in this season of my life as a dad and a husband, like, like in a leader and a pastor, like, like this question is one that I come back to time and time again. In light of my past experiences, what I've walked through, what I've learned, the obstacles I've faced, in light of my current circumstances, what I'm currently going through, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, what I want to be true, where I want to go, where I want to end up, what's the wise thing to do? Wisdom isn't necessarily about what's right and wrong. Wisdom is about what's best. Because sometimes you can just say, oh, what's right or wrong? Well, right or wrong is not really our cue. Rather, what's the wise thing to do? It's different. Sometimes what's, what's right is not necessarily what is wise. In fact, Solomon in Proverbs, he, he said this, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. He said, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, we keep going, we got it, it's at the end. Yeah. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. It's amazing. It's amazing. It goes on. Look at this. Look at this. It says, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. That's pretty amazing. The reasons that we often want to know God's specific will in our life and his direction is often because we fear not knowing the best decision 
or we're anxious about making the wrong decision. We talked about that a little bit last week. We just don't know the, the best path to take. And right there, Solomon just says, hey, if you pursue wisdom, then this is what's going to happen. This is what you're, you're going to find. He says, wisdom and understanding dispel those fears of like, hey, you're worried about making the wrong decision. You're worried about messing things up. You're worried about, honestly, Christ followers, we'd say stepping outside of God's will for our life. And he says, here's what's kind of ironic. If you just pursue wisdom and understanding, then you're going to be on the path of discovering and walking out God's will for your life. He says that wisdom is something that we should, we should seek out. It's something we should go search for. I don't know about you, but oftentimes for me, I don't necessarily wake up in the morning and think, oh man, what am I after today? Today, I'm after wisdom. I'm after understanding. No, no, I got a whole lot of other things. Today, I'm after um, the meetings I got to go to. Today, I'm after the assignments I got to turn in. Today, I'm after the people I got to call or follow up with. Today, I'm after, I'm after the new shoes I want to go buy. Um, got the Jordan Spizikes today. If any one of you are sneakerheads, most of you in the room are not. But like, that's the things I think about when I wake up. It's not often I wake up and I'm like, oh, today I'm after wisdom and understanding. But yet, ultimately, if you want to walk and pursue God's will, Solomon here is saying, man, pursue wisdom, pursue understanding in your life. And the best wisdom often is not found or is not sought out or is often sought out, not found within. Meaning that Sometimes I think we believe that, oh, I'll gain wisdom just in life and I'll just search within, I'll just, I, you know, that's how you gain wisdom. Like you just got to be super reflective. I'm not saying that it, you can't gain wisdom like that. But oftentimes, just like Solomon said in the Proverbs, the best wisdom is, is found when you seek it out, when you go in and search for it. So the question is, how can we find wisdom in our lives? I think there's a, a few main ways. Number one, I think you can study God's word. You can open up the pages of scripture and study God's word and listen and say, man, Lord, guide me, guide my thoughts, speak to me, convict me, encourage me, show me what it is that you want me to see. Soften my heart. Second, I think you can, you can seek out advice. Like you can go to trusted people. You can go to your small group leaders, go to some people who are a little bit ahead of you in life. And you can actually ask for advice and say, hey, I need you to gain some, give me some wisdom in this area of my life. Maybe, maybe someone who's been through what you've been through. Tell me what you've, what you've learned. Tell me what you would do again. Tell me what you wouldn't do if you could do it all over. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Man. It's a fool who thinks that their thoughts are always right. It's a fool who thinks they don't need to listen to anybody. Some of you know people like that. Where it's like, man, okay, what are you going to do there? And they're like, oh, I, 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 I'm not worried about it. I got it. Have you talked to anybody about it? No, I haven't. Okay, have you thought about it? Not, not really, but I'll, I'll make the right decision. That person is on the path of, of walking foolishly in life. But a wise person listens to advice they seek it out and they actually listen and pay attention to it the third way to gain wisdom and understanding is, is you can pray come on oftentimes 
Again, this, as I've been preparing for tonight, I'm like, oh man, this is convicting to me. Because oftentimes it's like when I pray, I'm not really praying to try to gain wisdom. I'm like praying to, to ask God for things. I'm bringing him a request, kind of letting him know what my agenda is. But I'm not really praying saying, God, help me to grow, grow in my wisdom. Help me gain understanding. Show me today what you want me to see, God. Would you give me wisdom? Those are practical steps we can take. So the question, number one, again, summary is, in light of my past experiences, present circumstances, future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? God, in question number two, this is a great filter, am I prioritizing happiness or holiness? Am I prioritizing happiness or holiness in my life? We're going to break that down. Um, the Apostle Paul He's writing uh, this letter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, and look at what he says. He says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. That, that word sanctified is really a fancy word, sanctification for, for holiness. It's the process of becoming like God, which is a lifelong process. Like, like you don't just say like, oh, how do I become sanctified? You make this one decision and boom, you're sanctified. No, no, no. Sanctification is the, a lifelong process of becoming like God. Like it's a daily discipline. And so the Apostle Paul would say, hey, you want to know God's will? Become like God. Pursue holiness. You can have happiness and not holiness. All of us, we, we know people like this. We, we see celebrities like this where it's like, man, it seems like they have everything that would, would ever, they'd ever want that would make them happy. Yet it doesn't really seem like they're living... Um, very holy, very set apart, very different, very God-honoring. And happiness, y'all, is temporary, it's subjective, it can be blinding, and it can lead you down a path of a whole lot of regret. And all of you probably know what I'm talking about because there's been seasons in your life where you have felt really, really happy, but then just a little while later, days, weeks, months later, you're like, man, how did I get here? Things were going so well. And it might have been because you were pursuing happiness, but kind of neglecting thinking about holiness in your life. And if this is actually what God wants for you, and if these decisions you're making and the things that you're doing and what you're involved, if this is actually like helping you become more like God. Holiness is, is different. Holiness is when you're actually pursuing God's will, his desires for your life. It's when you're pursuing God's best. It gives you joy. It gives you purpose. It gives you peace. It gives you influence. It, it leads you down a path of less regret in your life. So question number two, am I prioritizing happiness or holiness? Not saying happiness is wrong. Not saying you shouldn't do things that make you feel happy or that that's like somehow the enemy. But what's your priority? Like what's your focus? If your focus is just happiness, then you could easily forget about holiness. But if you're walking towards holiness, then I have a feeling that in time, happiness is going to come with you because ultimately that's the path of the greatest fulfillment in life. So will a decision, are the decisions that you're making, are they leading you towards sin? Maybe not right away, but, but are, they, are they leading you down a path that lands in sin? Are you doing things that go against your convictions? Where you're like, ah, like... Yeah, this is what I'm doing. It's, I, I know it's not right, but I'll ask for forgiveness later. 
or I'll change later when I become an adult. Are the decisions you're making, are they pulling you away from Jesus? Are they leading you down a path that's going to cause you to have a lot of regret later? Are you prioritizing happiness or holiness? And then question number three, check this out. What does love require of me? What does love require of you? This is a big deal. Just, just a little bit before Jesus goes to the cross, John chapter 13, the, the gospel writer records this. It says, the words of Jesus, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you are my followers, if you love one another. So the writer's like, hey, this is a big deal. Like Jesus is like, this is, this is, a priority. You're to, to love one another. So what does love require of you? Guess what? Oftentimes, if you're running decisions through that filter, it's not just going to be, hey, what decision do I want to make? What, what feels easy? No, oftentimes, love is going to require you to make the hard decision. Love is going to require you to get messy. Love is going to require you to get uncomfortable. Love is going to require you to sacrifice something that you really want to hold on to because you earned that and there's no way I'm going to help this person even though I know that's what love requires of me because I've earned this and I'm entitled to this and, 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 and this is just going to be hard for me to recover and regain if I give it up. So I'm staying over here, but I'm telling you, there are decisions that you'll make in your life and this right here is the filter. What does love require of me? John, later on in 1 John, same writer, he, he says this, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, but whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. That's a powerful statement right there. Whoever does not choose to love doesn't know God because God is love. Man, that's convicting. I think what John would say and what Christ would say is that it's impossible to make an unloving decision and yet be in the will of God for your life. Unloving decisions and God's will for your life never intersect. It's never God's will for you to make an unloving decision in your life. So what does love require me. Let me just throw those up there. I told you I was going to do this. So for any of you who are like, yeah, I'm not a note taker, but I need these. Um, there you go. That's it right there. Um, three questions, guiding questions that again can be filters for every decision in your life. We want this series to be practical and helpful for you. That these questions might not apply to every decision, but as you make decisions in your life, big or small, especially big decisions, that if you just say, man, which which question is the best filter for this decision? And you spend time and you're honest and maybe you even talk with some other people and have them make sure that you're on the right path as you're running that decision through this filter. I'm telling you, it's gonna help you exercise discernment and make really good decisions in your life and ultimately be living out God's will for your life. So how do you discover God's will? I think you've got questions right here that can help you walk in that. So come on, like I said, tonight's about taking responsibility. You've got a part to play. I've got a part to play. Too often, can I, can I just be, be real with you tonight? Too often, 
Christ's followers, I think we can use God's sovereignty and the fact that he does have a plan and he is in control. I think we can use that as an excuse for us not taking personal responsibility. That's how it plays out a lot of times. Yeah, I'm just waiting for God. Just waiting for God, your mentor. Hey, why haven't you made the phone call yet? Why haven't you filled out the application? Why haven't you done anything? Because God's in control and he's gonna lead me and guide me. And so I'm just waiting for him. Or I wonder, I just wonder if, if, if your heavenly father would be like, hey, hey, I am in control. I am gonna guide you, but you've gotta move. I'm not just gonna pick you up. Like sometimes it's almost like we're like, man, I just need a sign. It's like, no, you don't. You don't need more clarity. You just need the courage to go and take a step and do what you know God's called you to do. Discern the next best decision. What's the next best decision? Fill out the application. What's the next best decision? Go and have a conversation with that person. What's the next best decision? Show up to that event. And then from there, God will lead you and guide you. In fact, I think as he sees us move, I think there's, there's some, I don't know how this works out, but I think God sees that and he honors that. And he's like, okay, I see you trying. I see you moving. It's like with my daughters. I, 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 I pay attention and when they're, trying to do something, even when it's really hard and I know they can't actually do it on their own. Oftentimes when they're like, dad, I need help. I can't do this. I'll say, hey, hey, just give it a shot. And I know they can't do it on their own. But when they get up and start trying, that's when I move in their direction and say, hey, come on, let, let me help you, let me guide you. No, 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 here's what you need to do. If they're just gonna sit there and say, no, dad, I'm not doing it. I mean, you come do it for me. Then that's when I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not going to. I need you first to get up and try. I'm not saying God's like playing hardball with you, but what would it look like for you to say, hey, I'm gonna do my part. Like I'm gonna try to exercise and practice discernment. We are responsible, y'all, for our actions and decisions. You're not responsible for every circumstance in your, in your life. You can't always control the things that happen but you're responsible for your actions and decisions. That's on you. I feel like I can say this. You're in college. Just, if I was talking to middle school, high schoolers, I don't know if I'd be this, this strong, but hey, you need to know this in college. You are responsible for your actions and decisions. So as we close, I'm, I'm gonna share a story as we begin to wrap up. Um, I, I remember it was eight years ago. It was the summer of 2016 and uh, I was in St. Louis. My wife and I had been married for right around three years at the time, and uh, things were great. Like, we had a really good setup. We both had great jobs, uh, great community. Like, kind of all the boxes were checked, and it, it just made sense to stay where we were. And I got a phone call, summer of 2016, from Brad Horton, who's in the room tonight. And he was like, hey, would you ever consider moving to Atlanta and coming and going in, uh, stepping into college ministry? Twitch at first, I was like, that is so honoring, but I don't think so. And then Ann and I, over time, started talking. And we started sharing this with other people, mentors in our life, started praying about it, 
started seeing a counselor for the first time ever, which was terrifying for me because I always had this perception that like only people who were like really going through a lot and messed up would go see counselors. That's, that's false, FYI. Went and saw this counselor, kept going to him. Through time, it was like, hey, what do you want to do? And what I wanted to do was like, I think just stay put. But then it was like, hey, but in light of your past, your present, your future hopes and dreams, what, what's the wise thing to do? And it was like, to go. What, what do you feel like love is requiring of you here? Um, I'm not sure I can put it into words, but I think to go. Here I am eight years later, almost, seeing the community God's put us around, around us here in Atlanta. 10 years now into marriage, two daughters later, to get, to get really, really specific with it. Wasn't even planning on sharing this. I, I have first daughter we adopted, transracial adoption. The ministry that I'm leading now at Buckhead, 90% African-American. You see the sovereignty of God at work of, hey, what if you would have said no? Matt, you, you were praying for a diverse community that you could be a part of, and, and here it is. But Matt, you, you gotta be willing to go. Hey, I don't know what God's gonna put in front of you. But until you're willing to say, Lord, hey, hey, lead me, God. Help me to have discernment. I'm just going to caution you. You could miss out on some really, are you going to walk outside of God's will? I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you could miss out on God's best. If you get this as a college-aged adult, you will maximize what God wants to do in and through you.